Welcome to the Encourageous Podcast. My name is Angel Clark, and I'll be your host. Everyone goes through difficult things in life, but it takes a special type of person to use their pain to help others. That's exactly the kind of people you're going to hear from here on Encourageous. Each episode will tell the story of someone who not only survived their struggle, but is thriving. Join us for vulnerable, firsthand testimonies that will inspire you to press on. Get ready to be encouraged. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Thank you for tuning in today. I am so excited because this is my first episode I'm taping, and also because the person I'm taping it with is one of my absolute favorites. She is like a sister to me. She is my husband's cousin, but it really, like I said, feels more like a sister. Um, and she's one of the people who has been through, I could probably do 25 episodes of this podcast with Demi because it's like, oh, let's talk about this. Like she has so much that she's been through in life. So what I chose was today's topic um, is about eating disorders because I feel like that's the most, I told her that that was the most impactful story that I think will really resonate with people. So without further ado, please welcome Demi Frazier. Hi, so excited to be here. (laughs) Yay, thank you. Okay, so Demi, in just like three or four sentences, just like tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, what your life is like now. Well, I, um, I'm married to Troy Frazier. We've been married for two years now. Um, we have a dog we love. <laughs> I'm a teacher. Um, this is my third year teaching second grade. And then before that, I taught pre-K. So um, this takes up most of my time being yes. a teacher. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and yeah, basically my life. Um, I think you forgot one very important detail. I am pregnant. <laughs> I am at this point, I'm about 28 weeks Yay. pregnant. Yay! So. Like, that's like, I would have started with that. Like, that's like the most important thing. <laughs> yes, definitely. <clears throat> definitely very exciting news. But, um, I think as we go back through your story, that can kind of, there's, you know, some significance to that as like, a, you know, a launching pad from definitely. what, what happened to you. Okay, so as I said in the little intro... You have been through like a million things, um, but the story I really want to focus in on today was your battle with your eating disorder. Um, and cr- did you, was it anorexia and bulimia at one point, or was it just... Um, well, in high school, about ninth and 10th grade, I mm-hmm. kind of dealt with bulimia. Okay. But when it became the most prevalent mm-hmm. prevalent in my life, it was just... Okay, because I couldn't remember. When I was typing this up, I was like, was it both? Because I almost put an S, and then I'm like, maybe it was just the one. I don't remember. So, yeah. Okay, so from the diagnosis of anorexia, can you kind of start, like, from what was the beginning of that up until, you know, when you actually found out, like, when you sat down and, like, figured out that that's what the problem was? That was what was wrong with me? Yep. Um, so, eating disorders come in very secretly. Mm. They They... Or I say it's kind of like a snake, like it comes in Ooh. really sly. Yeah. And um, I feel like a lot of people that have eating disorders, it's not like they're just like, oh, well, I'm going to starve myself and I'm going oh. to end up being this person. Yep. Um, it kind of just it happens slowly. Mm-hmm. So I would have to say that um, it kind of was something that, as you said, I've been through a lot in my life. So mm-hmm. there's a lot that like build built up to that. Yeah. So, um, 
but a big issue that I've had my like entire life is confidence issues mm. so um I kind of attribute a lot whenever I was going through something it would be like oh well I would put it all on myself of mm-hmm. that I'm not good enough or that I'm not pretty enough or that I'm not thin enough or any of those yep things I think that's normal for women anyways yeah absolutely never feeling good enough mm-hmm. um but I think it went really out of hand I there as you said I've been through some things when I was it was 2015 mm-hmm. um I was sexually abused, and I kind of never dealt with it. Mm -hmm. It kind of just got, like, pushed under the rug. Yep. And then um, when me and my husband got married, we... It's kind of when it kind of started coming out a little bit, right before that. And so I started with the whole... I mean, every bride is always like, well, I'm going to... I have to fit in my dress. Yep. Exactly. I'm going to lose a couple pounds before, and then whatever. Yep. So, um, before, it was about two months before I got married is when I kind of was like, okay, I need to get it together. I'm going to start eating healthy. I'm going to start working out the whole nine yards. So I did. I lost a couple pounds. Like nothing significant. Mm-hmm. It was only like five or six pounds. And I was like, woohoo. But and you I probably did. felt like, oh, look, that was so awesome. <laughs> right. I was like so proud of myself. But, um, then as we... Right after we got married, it kind of just, like, I don't know what happened. It just kind of, like, clicked of, like, mm. okay, this is my life now. Yeah. So, I started um, running, and that became a big hobby for me. Mm-hmm. And eventually, one mile turned into five miles, turned into ten miles. So, I was running, I would say, like, probably around 50 miles a week. Oh, my goodness. Would be about average because wow. I was running like six to seven days a week and it whenever I would have a rest day I would run two miles on my rest day oh my goodness so it was kind of so I I took that on as being my um as being it was my hobby it wasn't mm-hmm. something that I was you um, didn't see like a problem with it right yeah and as I started running more I started eating less, mm. which it should be the opposite. Yeah. You should, to fuel your running, you should be eating more. And yeah. I cut out carbs completely. I just kind of just kept getting smaller and smaller. But I didn't really see mm. how much smaller I actually was getting. Yep. It kind of just like, oh, I lost like a couple pounds. I never, I, we don't have, we don't have a, um, we don't have a scale in my house. Oh, okay. And we, I never did. Because in high school, like I said earlier, I, I was bulimics and I yeah. really struggled with my weight. So so it was almost like you were trying to be intentional about like not letting yourself even worry about that. Right. And then here you are, like you're not even noticing mm-hmm. this major right like weight loss that's happening. Exactly, yeah. So, but to put this in perspective, we got married in November of 2017 and by by March, I already when I went to the doctor because it was just like an annual checkup or something. Mm-hmm. I had already lost like twenty five pounds. Like so that's like four. What is that? Six months? Yeah, I'm not good at math. <laughs> four months. <laughs> Whatever the amount of months that was. Yeah. So um, November to March. That's four months. Okay. Yeah, I'm a teacher, but I can't do math. It's fine. <laughs> um. So yeah. So. It, within those couple months, it was like 25 pounds. Which still, 20, 
20 or 25 pounds in four months, that's a very dramatic... Right. That's a lot of weight loss. Right. Um, my clothes were way too big on me, but mm-hmm. it was almost like I liked that they were too big on me. Yeah. Because I, 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 in the back of my mind, I knew I had an issue. Yeah. But I would never admit it to anybody. Yep. And everyone would always say, oh, you're losing so much weight. And be like, no, I'm not. I'm still wearing the same clothes. Mm. But they were ginormous on me, but I didn't act, I acted like they were. Yeah. It was almost like you were trying to like rationalize it. Like, no, these are my same clothes. I'm yeah. Like, oh, I obviously can't lose that much weight if I'm still wearing the same clothes. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, and that, I, now, now I'm immersing myself into the eating disorder world because mm. I, when I was getting better, I was really like reading through blogs, yep. listening to podcasts, the whole yep. thing of like how I can get better. Yeah. And, um. A lot of, uh, you hear a lot of the people that had an eating disorder wear huge clothes mm. just to like kind of hide themselves. They think that you're going to be like in bathing suits all the time, showing oh. off your new body, but it's really, you're, you're, you're dealing with such confidence issues that just cause you lost that weight, it mm. doesn't mean that you feel any better about yeah. yourself. You almost feel worse. Yeah. So, um. It's almost like, do you feel like it was like kind of never good enough? Like. Right. You were like, oh, well, I, I, yeah, I lost this, or I'm down to this size, but if I could just be one more size smaller, or if I could just fit this outfit, or it's always like, right. there was never like a point where you were like, oh, wow, now I'm happy, right. I'm going to stay this size. You were like, it was never enough, right? Exactly. That's exactly what it was. It was never enough. Yeah. And like I said, when it would like turn into more and more miles, it was like, even when I hit that mile, it would be like, well, whatever, I could have done this. I yeah. could have done that. I could have done this. And um, running almost became like, well, that's why I'm losing weight is because I'm running. It's mm. because this is what I do now. It's my hobby. Like, yeah. it, it's a stress reliever. Yep. But in reality, it was really putting so much stress on my body. Yeah. But I wasn't really admitting that. Yeah. Like I said. So I didn't actually admit that there was an issue until probably June or July of 2018. Mm. But even that, I didn't start getting better. Yeah. Because I, it just because I admitted there was an issue, mm-hmm. it almost got worse after I knew there was an issue. Mm. So um, from then to about the end of the year to like December, I was, I was, I knew that that was going on, but mm-hmm. it was almost like I couldn't stop. Yeah. It was like, it was almost like an addiction, mm. I would say. Okay. So um, like I, I remember going to my mom's room one time and she was the one that said to me mm. um do you feel like you can't stop and if we I, I didn't even say anything to her I literally just walked in the room mm. and I just started bawling and I was like yeah I, I can't I, I feel like I physically can't stop yeah doing what I'm doing that's so funny you said that because I have a question like two questions down says like you realize you have a problem did you ever have a moment where you felt hopeless or where you were worried that you might never get better Right, yeah. So, well, that answers that question perfectly. Definitely. I definitely felt like I would never get better. Mm. It was all, like, this was me now. And yeah. I couldn't get past who I was. Then. I, yeah. got, I couldn't remember who I was before. Mm. So, that, that, was a, a, that was really hard for me, yeah. for sure. So, yeah. So, until about the end of 2018, um, I was still dealing with the... Um, the eating disorder mm-hmm. for sure and um now towards the end of 2019 I'm not gonna say that it was like I had one moment mm. where I was like oh 
I'm done. We're done. Yeah. That's it. I'm never going to think about it again. Yes. I can honestly say that's not true. Mm. I mean, I don't even close deal with the kind of thoughts that I had before. Yeah. But when something's going wrong or if like if me and my husband are having an issue or something, it almost like in the back of my mind, it could be like, oh, well, I could go run this off Mm. or what if I did this? But I know now that it won't get better if I do that. But before I couldn't rationalize that yep. that that was like it was not the way to deal with it mm-hmm. so yeah so I, I don't think it's a, I can honestly say I'm recovered now but I don't think saying recovered means that you'll never think about it mm. again oh absolutely yeah and I feel like because that that seems to be a common theme with me of like um you know people who have drug addictions or alcohol addictions there's going to be moments where you're tempted to grab that bottle or to like if you're around a certain crowd of people that maybe like, you know, if it's drugs or something and like that, that's what your friends are kind of doing or like you run into someone from high school and that's someone it kind of like in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, well, maybe just once more won't hurt or right. like, so I feel like that's very common of like, you're never, you can be recovered, but it doesn't mean you don't like have like a thought struggle with it. Right. For sure. Definitely. And I, I think that's really like the devil's pull with it mm. is like, well, you remember how small you were then? Oh. You could be this. Yeah. Um, so that, but now I can recognize those thoughts yeah. that I couldn't recognize. Them. But see, I think that's how you know you're healed from it is because you can recognize it before. Like it was almost like you wouldn't even acknowledge it. And now you're like, okay, that's being, you know, because with me, my struggle, my biggest struggle in just my entire life has just been anxiety. It's just like plagued right. me my entire life. And now I'm to the point where, I mean, I'm 31. This took a really long time, but I'm starting to like I'll have an anxious thought and I'll be like I'll literally sometimes say out loud like don't go there or like I'll go read a scripture or I'll just like okay this I'm really anxious about this I'm gonna just go hang out with my boys like I'm I'm just now getting to the point where I'm trying to take the negative to replace it with something positive like speaking out loud or I'll call my mom and I'll be like mom how you doing today like just something to get my mind off of it so I feel like that's good that's definitely you know that, you're making progress. That was definitely a big part of my recovery, too, was, like, mm. the, um, doing the opposite of what I was yes. feeling. Yes. Because um, when, when I was at my worst, mm-hmm. I couldn't have desserts. I couldn't mm. have carbs. I couldn't have yeah. anything that I felt like, quote-unquote, would make me fat. Yep. And so when I was trying to get better, mm-hmm. I would purposely leave ice cream in my on my freezer for whenever I'd have be like oh well you can't eat ice cream be like okay well now I have to go eat a bowl of ice cream to prove myself that I can actually eat that yeah and um when I was going through counseling because I did I had I went through counseling to get better yeah and um I would tell her that I had like a piece of pizza or a bowl of ice cream that we can she'd be like that's amazing she'd be so proud of you (laughs) and most of the time it's like why you why you eating ice cream but but it it, it helped me so much to be able to do the opposite of what my brain yeah. was telling me. Oh, that's good. I think it's called like opposite action therapy or yeah. something, isn't it? I yeah. think there's an actual thing. It's an actual that. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So definitely. Um, okay. So the next question I had here was, um, you know, you were running, you were losing weight because it, it started with like, I want to just fit in my wedding dress. I want to look good at my wedding. And you were like, that was a great thing. That's not like, I know plenty of women who have lost a couple pounds or started working out or just whatever to get in shape for like something that they're doing. Right. There's no problem with that. No. But 
yours became unhealthy. Mm-hmm. It's where to the point where like you were having like physical symptoms. So can you kind of talk about like when before you knew you were, or at least before you admitted that you were struggling with it, what kind of like started happening to make you like to realize, you know? Yeah. So that's the only way I was able to actually come to terms with the mm. fact that there was something wrong with me yeah is because of how many physical symptoms I was having yep so my period stopped mm-hmm. my period stopped in about that was the first one right that was the first yep. thing my period stopped in about February March which is normal for marathon runners mm. so that in my head was like oh well you're becoming a marathoner so you're gonna you're not gonna have a period anymore so yeah. whatever but at the same time, I was really struggling with that thought. I was going back and forth because I wanted to have kids so bad. And obviously, yeah. if you don't have a period, you're... You can't ovulate and have... Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So, that happened. Um, my hair started falling out. So, I guess a lot of, like, your hormones and stuff dictate, a, like, how your skin is, how your... Mm-hmm. Um, how your... Like, because I always had acne, and my acne went away because mm. I didn't have... I didn't have hormones anymore. Yeah. Um... Yeah, my hair, literally, my hair was so thin. I could barely even put it up because mm. it was so thin. Um, and every time I was in the shower, it was just clumps. Like, I would just pull out so much hair. Yeah. Um, like I said, my skin was just so bad. My knuckles were, like, green almost because they mm. were so dry. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I guess the, the way the doctor described it to me, because she's the one that diagnosed me with anorexia, was... Our bodies are so good at surviving that it starts turning off the different areas that mm-hmm. is not necessary. Yep. Like your periods aren't necessary and it yeah. takes a lot of energy to do yeah. it. Your hair isn't necessary to keep so that that starts going away. Yeah. Um, my skin started going away. And then it was just like from there it became bigger symptoms like um my like kidneys started not working as well. Um I was my digestive system started slowing down Mm. so I can't think of what it's called right at the moment but um I started only going to the bathroom like once every two weeks oh my gosh and so it's like it slows it slows down that yep so that um the actual food that that you eat can be used for as much calories as possible I can't think exactly what it's called right now so that was happening yeah and in my head it was, oh, well, I'm eating so many healthy things, so my body's using every piece of thing. It was, I, there were so many different thoughts that I yeah. had to, like, make up for the fact of what was yeah. actually going on. Just, like, almost, um, like, irrational kind irrational, of. Irrational. Like, yeah. So irrational. And now, looking back, I'm like, You're like why like, would I even think that? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. What, what do you mean? Um, so, yeah, my digestive system started going crazy. Then um, my memory mm. got really bad. Yeah. So actually, you came over one time. Yep. And a couple weeks later, we were talking about it. Yep. And you're you're like, yeah. When me and Zeke came over, I'm like, I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Like, literally, whole like parts of my like memory was just like, it's like gone. deleted. Yeah. Yep. Because I I feel like I wasn't actually there. Mm. Like my my I was just so like depleted. Yeah. I was so depleted that I just I couldn't be. Physically, I, I was there physically, but I wasn't there mentally. Yeah. So, yeah. And then um, my fight or flight response was really high. So, um, it, so there's a certain hormone that sometimes happens when you have, like, really high blood pressure mm-hmm. or, like, when you're really, when you're really, um, 
not when you're really depleted. So mm-hmm. like when you're either like extremely skinny or other on the other side. So my fight or flight was really high. So mm-hmm. I had to go to like different doctors and specialists to tell me how to get better. But really I knew the whole time all mm-hmm. I had to do was just start eating and start running less. Yeah. Um so my doctor started doing like blood work on me like every month. And she knew that the more I would see it, the more I would understand yeah. that what I was doing. Because actually, her herself had an eating disorder. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so she was the one. She, like, sat down with me and was like, look, you're killing yourself. Like, do you want to die? Mm. And at that time, I, I, it was hard for me. It took me a couple minutes to answer because I, 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 that was the first person to look at me and be like, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, cut it out. Yep. Everyone else was just like, come on, Demi, you, you can do this. You can get better. Well, and I was just like, oh, whatever. And she was like, pretty much being stupid. Yeah, like, she exactly. Like, and that's kind of what I needed. Almost like she, like, shook you. Yes. Kind of. So, um, yeah. So, it just, like, my body was just not working mm. how it should have been working. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> that kind of was kind of my... um, Like a wake-up call almost, right? Yeah. Yeah. So after I sat with my doctor, that's when I went home and I just like sat on my bathroom floor and just cried mm. and cried and cried. And I like cried out to God and was like, just take this for me because mm. I, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And so then I finally started to get better. Yep. So. Yeah. Um, so you, you've already mentioned that you went to counseling, mm-hmm. you, um, the opposite action therapy where if like you thought, oh, I can't eat this, I need to go eat it. Like, were there any other like practical tips you have of, like to share with people who may be going through this? Um, I think something that I really took for granted was leaning on the people around me. Because mm. at the beginning of when I first started realizing there was something wrong with me, I was almost mad mm. at the people that would try to help me. Yeah. Like, I remember specifically one of my best friends. Um, she came to me and she was just like, look, you're losing a lot of weight and I'm getting really, like, I'm getting really worried about you. And I, I was so mad at her. I didn't oh. talk to her for, like, days. Oh, my goodness. And, um, and she, and we've been friends for so long that she kind of was just like, I know she's going to get over this. Yeah. But... It was just little things like that where, like, when people would care and yep. be like, well, why don't you just worry about yourself? Yeah. So I think the best advice, if I were to tell myself the one thing would be, like, to lean on the people around mm-hmm. you and just be honest. Yeah. Because, it, I mean, the people around you are going to love you whether yep. you are whether you are anorexic or not. And yeah. I felt like I was loved so much through it that I didn't appreciate it at mm. all. And now looking back, I'm like, wow, I, I really wish I would have treated those people yeah. better. But at that time, you were, it. like, mentally, you just weren't in a good place. So, mm. I mean, I look back at times in my life where I was, like, for me, it was, like, when I was a teenager and, like, I was rebelling against my parents. It's like, my parents don't know anything. <laughs> I know everything. And I look back and I'm like, I was so mean to my mom. Like, right. she'd be like oh, that person's not a good friend. I'd be like, you're just jealous. I'm like, why would she be jealous? In reality, they were horrible and then friends. And the, the person turned out to be a terrible friend, and I was like, well, I can't admit it to her. Right. Like, shoot. So then, like, now that I'm older, I'll be like, I'm sorry, I didn't believe you about so-and-so. Right. And she's like, that was like 20 years ago. I'm like, I know, but I feel bad about but it. But I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so. So I feel like that's good advice just for any, 
you know, anything that you're going through, really. Right. Okay, so the next question I have here is, in this journey to healing, did you learn any valuable life lessons? Well, I think that kind of goes with what I think yep. for, like, leaning on people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it also is, like... God made us so resilient mm. that so for so long I even when I was recovering I was thinking well I will I'll never be able to be fully healed I'll never be able to be me completely me again mm-hmm. um, and looking at myself a year ago even yep. I would still believe that I would still believe there's no way I could be back to who I was and yeah and now looking now be like God literally can recover the, the lowest the of worst low. of the worst yeah yeah and it it's so it's so cool to see how like how much god can restore you if you yep. just lean on him and just accept it cuz mm. i think that was really hard and i think yeah. that's really hard with anything that anybody's going through is accepting yep. that love and accepting yep. that you deserve mm-hmm. to have that restoration so yeah Definitely, it's like leaning on God through the... And I so know that's so, like, cliche. Lean on God. <laughs> no, but seriously, yeah, though. But really. But really, like, if I wouldn't have had, like... um, If I wouldn't have had been able to just give it, like, give this disorder to God, mm-hmm. then I would still be this tiny little thing, frail, and... Yeah. It yeah. just... Yeah. One thing that I forgot to mention earlier with my health issues was um, my heart Mm. so my um my heart rate was down in the 30s Mm. and that was something that when I was being restored that I had a Fitbit on and I could see like the exact week when I started to finally get better because I was in my average um heart rate was in the 30s for months and months and months and months oh wow and that's really not good. What is normal? Is it like normal or like sixty? Yeah. Well, yeah. Like now I'm in like the sixties and seventies, mm-hmm. and that's pretty average. But like thirties is almost like dying. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so looking, it was it was really cool. Like when I finally look back at my, cause you know how on the Fitbit app you can look back. It shows and, you like a history. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I was able to see like even just my heart how how much that restored from one to the other and then so yeah so that's so cool yeah it was it was really cool with that being said with the fitbit that was my my last thing i had to let go of Mm. because i felt like i i personally feel like with eating disorders that a person with an eating disorder should never have a fitbit yeah because you can count well if i if I eat this, if I have like 500 steps, then I'll, I'll be okay. Yeah. So it kind of just goes in and out of the, um, if of eating this and doing that, and then yep. you could put in all the stuff that you ate that day, and then yep. how much you moved, and then it almost like feed like fuels the. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It definitely fuels it. As even though I could see how I was growing yeah. throughout it, it was the last thing I had to give up. Yeah. Because I just. Cause you're like it's it's just not. A good idea right like, someone who doesn't struggle with it it could be great but oh, you know 100%. or somebody who's like a marathon runner it could be helpful for them if they're mm-hmm. training or whatever but right in your case you had a disorder and it was making it worse so right. I feel like that's smart because a lot of people um I don't remember how it was worded but it was on Facebook and it was like this little um not a meme but where it's like a quote card or whatever and it said you can't get free from your demons if you still 
like feed them or something. Yeah. Something to the effect of like people will be like, oh, I don't want to drink anymore. Let's go to this party. Okay, I just won't drink. And it's right. like you're not putting yourself in a good position. So it's almost like if you know what you struggle with and you find things that kind of make it worse, right. you have to be willing to, to cut them out. Completely cut And so out. I feel like that was good that you were like, even though I like this and it was helpful, right. it's not good for me. Right. And I feel like now if I got like a Fitbit back, I know it's really stupid, but if I got a Fitbit back, <laughs> it's not. I would be fine. Yeah. But in the process of actually like knowing I'm completely healed, mm-hmm. I had to get rid of that before. Because yeah. it was it was almost like a it was like a crutch I had. Mm. Like it was well, I I am weight restored, I I'm, all my health is back, but I wasn't completely, completely mentally healthy. Because yeah. you can be you can gain the weight back. Yep. You can do all of those things. You can yep. have a period come back. You can do all those and you could still be mentally struggling. Yeah. And so I but to put in the complete effort, I knew that every little thing that I have to do to get completely better and become myself again, mentally and physically, yep. I, I had to get rid of all of it. Yep. So. And that's good. Um, and then that kind of reminded me, like, something you said about, like, getting rid of stuff. I don't even know why I didn't put this in my questions. Um, you pretty much went off social media. Yes. Can you talk about maybe how... Because part of what I think fed into you was that you were posting the pictures and people were like... Timmy, you look awesome. You look great. You're so skinny. And right. then, like, that kind of was, like, almost like an impetus for you to, like, oh, well, if they're seeing how great I'm looking, I'm going to keep going. And mm-hmm. then even more people will. So can you kind of talk about that right. side of it? So um, while I was recovering, well, not even before that. I was going to say even um, before. Yeah, I feel even like. before that, I, um, I started posting less. And when I would post every single time I would post, I was at least a few pounds less than I was before. Yeah. And people would be like, oh my gosh, you're so small. Oh my gosh, you're so small. And it's almost like I wanted to hear it, but at the same time, I didn't want to hear it. Mm. And so I was thinking way too much about what everybody else was thinking of me yeah. instead of what I was actually thinking of myself. Mm-hmm. So I posted a, um, a picture at the beach and... That was, like, my first, like, full showing picture I think I've ever posted in my life. And so, and when I did that, so many, even people would, like, reach out to me, like, in text and be like, are you okay? Like, are are you sure everything's going okay? Because I I look so much smaller Mm -hmm. than I was. And I was. I was so much smaller. Which, it's okay to be small, but the way that I got there was not okay. Yeah. And, um... That kind of was like, okay, well, if all these people are paying attention to me and noticing that I'm lit- losing this much weight, this is this is not okay for me. Mm. And so, and I knew if I was ever going to get better, then I had to get off of social media. Yep. If social media can be a great thing, but mm. it can also be so, so horrible. Because yeah. I was following all these fitness accounts, mm. and I was following these models, and again, can be great. Yeah. But it wasn't good for me at the time. But it was almost like you were kind of, you were comparing yourself to like, oh, well, that person looks like this and I'm not quite there. So if I just run a little more, maybe I'll look more like her. Right. Type thing. And I was fo- I was following a lot of like, not even runners. So runners look a lot different than like weightlifters. Oh yeah, of course. Runners are a lot smaller. Yep. And... I wanted to look like a weightlifter. Oh, what you did! <laughs> and I looked nothing like a weightlifter, and so I would like follow these like 
gym accounts. Yep. And I'd be like, oh, well, you could see all their leg muscles. You could see, you can't see any of mine. And it made no sense. Like it really didn't lift weights that much. Did not. So how are you gonna? Well, I, 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 I will take that back. I did, I did, but I was lifting low so that I wouldn't get too big. It was, it was all just very. Um, it didn't make a lot of sense. Very and morphed. Yeah, right? it, everything. I, my whole brain was morphed mm-hmm. it, into thinking that I had to be this certain thing, even though I wasn't even doing the things at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was. Um, it was really good for me to be able to do it while I was recovering to not be on social media. Yeah. Cause I was going right when I started to recover, I was going to, I was about to go back on. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I went back on, the first thing that I saw was like this model account that was like, Oh yes, I hit my mind a juice cleanse. I was like, okay, oh, no. <laughs> I can't do this. So I went right back on. And, and we're off again. Yeah, and we're gone. <laughs> And so, um, even now I'm not on social media too much. Like I don't post a lot. Yeah. Um, and it kind of showed me like my boundaries with that. Yeah. I think even like, it's so easy to get so wrapped up into what everybody else is looking at and what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. Oh, they seem so happy. How are they so happy? And really you don't know what everybody's going through. It's like they always say the quote unquote highlight reel and. Even the people that are showing the things that they're going through, it, I don't, you never really, you don't see everybody's 100% yeah. of the time. Yep. So, it's like little, like, snippets. Exactly. Like, it's a two-second picture, but, like, it's their life, you know? Like, right. you're not seeing the other 23 hours and 50 minutes of the day. You're only seeing, like, one little... Right. So, um, and it, going off social media really helped with, like, my personal relationships with mm. my husband and... Because I wasn't on my phone as much, and, yeah. and it, was, it was really, really good for my recovery. Yeah. Like I said, I'm back on it, but I'm not, like, nearly as much as I used to Yeah, be. but you're not, like, obsessing over it, kind of. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, something I totally, like, I didn't even think to ask about, like, I think I kind of thought you would mention it at some point, was um, you wanted to get pregnant, but you yes. couldn't. Yes. Do you think that, because I remember one of our other cousins during uh, like an event said something to the effect of because we were talking about like we were worried about you um and she said something to the effect of like well she's just losing weight because she's sad she can't have a baby so if she just gains weight she'll have a baby it'll be fine right like I don't think people understand like was was it you couldn't get pregnant so you were trying to lose the weight and then you couldn't have the baby like how which order did it kind of so I didn't realize when, like I said, I didn't realize at the beginning, like, what I was getting myself into. Yeah. And when I already was starting to lose the weight is when I lost my period. Oh. And I, at that point, I kind of almost felt too deep in, and then obviously it just kept getting worse. Yeah. But, yeah, I was extremely sad. I couldn't mm-hmm. have kids, and I think it just made the eating disorder worse. Yeah. And... Like you said, there was people that would be yep. like, oh, well, just start eating more and you'll be able to have kids. And, and that's just not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just one thing leads to another. Yep. And um, and I almost felt too broken to be able to even to be a mom yeah. at that point because I was, I was very broken. And I didn't, I, I almost felt like I didn't deserve it anymore. Mm. And of course, of course... 
I was still taking the pregnancy test every month because oh. that's just, I was just so obsessive about everything. Yeah. And um, so I would say for about a year and a half, I was taking a pregnancy test at least once a month. Oh my goodness. That's almost like stabbing yourself in the heart every time. Like, oh. why were you doing that? <laughs> well, one, I didn't have a period. So I was like, oh, well. I don't have anything to track, so oh. I'm just going to take them all the time. Yeah. And um, two, I wanted to just be a mom so bad. Yeah. I just knew that's all I wanted to be. Yep. And then when I finally um, was back, like recovering and getting my period back, um, the pregnancy test got even more. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a million times a month. Yep. And even the doctors at that point were telling me that we could we still couldn't have kids even when I got my period back. So the fact that um we got pregnant was an absolute miracle. A miracle, right? Yeah. See that's what I, that could be a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like the sexual abuse could be a whole podcast <laughs> or like social media could be a whole podcast. I'm like, we just we'll just come back every so once a month, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> come back for Demi Frazier. Yes. Um so yeah, that was something that I remember because I struggled with, as you know, of course, with infertility also. And I think people who haven't been through it can be so insensitive with the things that they say. And even with like an eating disorder, it's like, well, just eat. Right. And it's like, okay, thank you. Right. Captain obvious. Like it's not that simple. So I think that was a good thing for my sister too. Cause even Mm. she, she admits like when we were going through, she'd be like, well, why don't you just eat that burger? Cause I can't. And then as we went through it, she was able to understand more and more about, like, mental health because of yeah. me. Yeah. So that was good. Yeah. But I, I would say, because she, she was actually in the car when we were talking, I was with the other people, and she was, like, sticking up for you. She's like, it's not that simple. Like, right. so, I, I do have to say that it did, it did teach her a lot. So, maybe that could be a valuable life lesson was for her. Yeah. You know? <laughs> You're like, You're welcome. That there I went, you go. <laughs> okay. And so... I have one question. It's kind of similar to what we've already talked about, but it says if there's someone listening to this podcast right now that is suffering from an eating disorder or somebody who's trying to help a loved one mm-hmm. who's struggling, um, what encouragement can you offer them? Like, do you have anything else to add to what you've already... Um, I would really say be patient with yourself mm. and be patient with the loved one if yeah. you're the one trying to help them because yeah. they don't want it. Yeah. And I know the people that are going through the, the eating disorders are... Whatever it is that you're going through, I know you don't want that either. Yeah. But the more patient you are with yourself and the more you understand that you are human and you are going to make mistakes and it will take, but it will take time to recover, but you will recover. Yeah. As long as you put in the work to do it. Yes. So I was, I was trying for, I was trying quote unquote for so long to recover without actually putting in the steps to Mm. do it. And once you realize that you're... There's two different places. It's realizing you have a problem and then actually doing stuff to get better. So, yeah. and when you're going through the whole, pro- every single step is so important. Yep. And realizing that um, you can be patient with yourself and just because you're not at the end of the road yet, yep. it doesn't mean that you won't be there someday. So, that's true. Yeah. I think that's really good. And that, like you said, this isn't only, that piece of advice isn't really only specific for eating disorders. That could really go for anything I mean just be patient with yourself like lean on the because you talked about before leaning on your support system you talked about like putting all your faith in God and like knowing that he will restore you so I think those are all really good tips for just anything in life that you're going through that could be really difficult um and the last question I I had this like I the last three questions are questions that I ask everyone so 
for you, this is it. We just talked about this, but if people want to connect with you, where and how can they do that? Um, well, they can follow me on social media. Yep. Um, I know. I'm like, we just talked about how you don't do social media that well, much. Well, they, they do. Yeah. I mean, you could still reach out to me. Yep. Um, at demory.preacher. Okay. So. And is that the same on Instagram too? That's Instagram. That's Instagram. And Facebook is just Demi Frazier, right? Demi, yeah. Oh, well, you have it as Demery. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Too. Okay. Well, I am so excited that we, you're my first guest. So I, you know, I had to, you're my guinea pig. I got to try all my little questions and stuff with you. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank and you for I, having me. Of that course. was so fun. Yay. Well, all right. Well, see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Encourageous Podcast. I hope today's story left you feeling encouraged and inspired. Come back every other Thursday for a new episode and be sure to subscribe. Your support makes a world of a difference, especially for a new and bi-weekly podcast like this one. If you want to connect with me on social, you can find me on both Instagram and Facebook at The Encourageous Podcast. Until next time, stay encourageous. Encourageous.